Welcome to another episode of Defining the Dash, where the door's always open, the lights are on, so come on in and make yourself at home. That's pretty snazzy, wouldn't it, Brother Mark? Hey, that was real snazzy. I came up with that all by myself. That's the reason why I came tonight. <laughs> well, we're so glad you stopped by today, and we're looking forward to having a great time with you and discuss some important topics. Uh, but first of all, we have picked up another wonderful sponsor, Brother Mark. Really? Yes, sir. That's right, folks. Defining the Dash is really going places. We now have a crochet club. I love to crochet. <laughs> Brother Mark leads the crochet club. Uh, most places have a fan club, but not us. That would not be good enough for Defining the Dash. We have a crochet club. And this commercial is going to be brought to you by the fine folks at Defining the Dash Crochet Club. We'll be back right after this. Have you ever been sitting in Sunday school struggling to pay attention to the sermon? Have you attempted to listen while your mind drifts from hymnal to scripture verse to amen? Well, have you ever had trouble remembering your scripture verse of the day? Have we got a solution for you? Introducing Sanctisocks. This wonderful footwear brand comes straight to you from those handy-dandy people at Defining the Dash Crochet Club. Each pair of socks has a memory verse or inspirational quote on it to keep you focused throughout the day. Our many different options to choose from include Argyle, Pure Cotton, Natural Bamboo, All Natural Artificial Pine Scented, and Goose Down for those long winter hikes. That's right, folks. You name it, and we've got it. We have big socks, little socks, red socks, and blue socks. We have them that talk. We have socks that walk. We have socks that change colors and socks that light up and sing jingle bells. We've even got a pair of socks with a secret compartment inside for those long services when a snack is needed. For a 25% processing charge, we can even upgrade you to our premium package that includes virtual imaginary socks. All that is included or needed is your imagination. These are a great option for trips when packing space is limited and will go with almost any color. At this point, you might be saying to yourself, I would love a pair of Sancta socks, but I'm an active person and there doesn't seem to be something for me. Well, have we got something for you, my friends. Our lead-weighted socks can help you stay grounded while delivering your daily exercise. Yes, it's a sock that you cannot beat or outrun with, and they'll help you stay grounded. Call us now at 1-800-SANCTA-SOCKS. Again, that's 1-800-SANCTA-SOCKS. Because you ain't rockin' if you ain't sancta-sockin'. Wow. Boy, you can't beat that with a stick, can you? You can't. <laughs> we are truly the potluck of podcasts, folks. We've got a little bit of something for everybody. So, uh, but we're going to jump in today to the uh, uh, a very serious sort of topic, uh, an important topic. Um, we're going to title this episode "Be Not Deceived." Uh, you know, we we've all been pranked from time to time, brother Mark. Uh, I'm sure. You've probably pulled a few pranks. I've been known to pull a few pranks. Mm-hmm. I love a good prank. Oh, I do, man. I, um, I like being on the giving side of a prank. Oh, yeah. The receiving better. side. You Not know, so much. Yeah. yeah. Depends on the day. <laughs> I'm usually the one getting pranked rather than the one pulling it. But I have pulled one or two. And and one, one of my favorite, this is like the greatest. I shouldn't be telling this uh, on air because this this is rather horrible, I guess. But one year for Christmas, um, 
my granny is a saint because she's put up with so much from us grandkids. But my aunt decided she was going to buy my grandma all new cabinet handles. Mm-hmm. And she decided to wrap each one of these cabinet handles for her kitchen cabinets individually. So there's like 40 small boxes under the tree for my grandma, from her. So we decided, me, my brother, and my cousins, we would all, on snow days from school, we would go over to Granny's house, and we would we would go to the tree, and we would shake our gifts, you know, and just be kids. Mm-hmm. But we decided we was going to sneak those gifts out, and we were going to play a little prank, not only on Granny, but it would also play a prank on my aunt. that We call her Sissy. So we was going to play a prank on Sissy. So we put on our thick winter coats, and we go to my grandma's house, and we, as we're down there shaking our present, we would be stuffing those little boxes up our sleeves. And we take them back over to my cousin's house, and we cut those little boxes, just cut the tape, unwrap them, and take the handles out, put them in a box, and we put Vianney sausages back in those boxes. Nice. We would open it and put a Vianney sausage in the box. Mm-hmm. This is like two weeks before Christmas. Oh, that's awesome. And then we would use some of that doe scent that you deer hunt with. Mm-hmm. We would put that on it. Put that back in the box, wrap it back up. Then we would stuff it back up our coat sleeves, take it back to Granny's house. It sits for about two weeks. So mm-hmm. we're down there at Granny's on Christmas, and my aunt then, she's going, Now, Mommy, these are from me. These are from me. <laughs> when Mama opened that, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It was probably the greatest prank we've ever pulled that's because a, my aunt about hit the floor. She was like, that's not for me. Well, you just said they were. That sounds like a stinky situation, Brother Chad. <laughs> it was, but it was so awesome. I'm sorry, Granny. I love you if you ever listen to this. But it was, it was a great prank. But, you know, all the pranks that we pull, we often forget that they come at a cost. Mm-hmm. It might be someone's pride. It may be something small, but you know, if you if you look at YouTube, there's pranks going around now where they run up to people and they slap their phones out of their hands and and things like that. Those pranks can come at a high cost. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, no matter what kind of pranks we pull, um, they can be quite costly. But today, what we want to talk about is being deceived when it comes to biblical doctrine. Okay. Uh, and that can be way more costly. But Mark, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Well, as far as being deceived by biblical doctrine, if the Bible is the roadmap to heaven, mm-hmm. and it is my responsibility as a Christian who has and owns a Bible to know and understand that Bible appropriately. Yes, sir. If that Bible truly is my roadmap to heaven, it would be a shame for me to expect a destination where I don't even have the right directions. Oh, yeah. You know, I, we, we all, maybe not all of us, some of us may use, uh, you know, Google Maps, you know, if I'm going somewhere. And right. I type in Google Maps and I put my destination in. And sometimes it gives me two or three different uh, means about getting there 
Um, but regardless of which, you know, if I go through route A or route B or route C, um, it gives me a roadmap. And unless I know how to follow that roadmap and I do follow that roadmap, I won't make it to my my destination. And so I said that to say this, that having knowledge of the Bible and appropriate knowledge of the Bible and appropriate uh, understanding of the Bible is very important uh, when it comes to whether or not heaven is our eternal home. Absolutely. You know, I can remember um, back before the days of GPS, um, you know, I remember one year in particular, my dad was, and and we were going to Florida. And uh, my dad was one, he always carried those great big atlases, you Mm -hmm. know, the, was it Rand McNally or whatever they were. And he had one that he carried everywhere. And uh, he would sit for days on end prior to the trip. And he would sit there, and you know, you would look at the state of Virginia on these, on two of the pages, and then if you crossed into West Virginia, you'd have to flip to a different page, and you know, mm-hmm. and he would sit and he would highlight all the routes going where he was trying to go. Okay, he studied that map for days on end, you know, to to make sure if something came up, he knew an alternate route. If he, I mean, he could tell you before mm-hmm. we ever got near, you got to go towards this city, you got to go towards that. Uh, you gotta. You need to stay away from this area because you know there's not a lot of things in this area. You know, and just like you said, if we don't study the Word of God, you know, Second Timothy two fifteen says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, mm-hmm. rightly dividing the Word of Truth." Uh, me myself, this right here, I've, I've always loved this scripture. I had a notebook that I used in Bible study a lot that had this part of this scripture across the bottom of it. And it would say, study to show thyself approved. And that's all it said. And I always thought that was the whole scripture. Growing mm-hmm. up, I'd see that and I'd be like, study to show thyself approved. Study to show thyself approved. And I would be like, well, you know, I know enough of the Bible to to debate with the next guy. Sure. You know? But that wasn't all the scripture. Okay. I had already been, de- I had already deceived myself into thinking I didn't need to study anymore. Mm-hmm. And so when I actually went back and looked up the scripture, it was one day I was looking at it, and at the end of that, approved, it had dot, 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 which meant there's more after this. There's more to come. Uh, I looked up the scripture, and it said, unto God. Mm-hmm. And that totally changed everything because, you know, I might could to, could know enough to, to talk about it with you. Right but now, when it comes to talking about it to God and showing Him what I know, I don't know nowhere near enough. Okay, and so it's so important that we dig into His Word, know what He said, mm-hmm. like you said, know the direction that He's wanting us to go. Um, we're, we're not going to get there if we don't follow the right path. Right, and we're not going to know the right path if we don't look at the roadmap. Right. Um, and we ain't going to know what exit to take or what exits to go away from if we don't follow that roadmap. And so it's so important to study that word. You you had mentioned something, and I just want to go back to that statement. Um, if I understood you right and heard you right, I only had one cup of coffee today, so I may not even heard you right. But <laughs> if I did hear you right, it sounded like 
and I, I can appreciate that. The study is to show thyself approved. And, you know, growing up in um, youth camp at Brother Don's, we would have a um, – um, a competition and you know between the teams and the more verses you know you know the more mm-hmm. points you get and you know i could probably take that to brother tony and if brother tony didn't know he's more to the verse i mean that could have been 100 points right you know so you know that was always a classic you know that we we uh, i enjoyed but you you mentioned something and what you mentioned stood out to me was that um you had maybe somewhat deceived yourself right because you didn't know there was more to that verse. Mm-hmm. And when you said that, I thought, you know, is it possible that a lack of knowledge can cause us to be deceived? Sure. Just not knowing. Right. Just not knowing. Not taking advantage of paying attention to see if the dot, dot, dots lead anywhere. Right. In a verse like this. Not. Uh, and really what it came down to would be, in, in, in my case, was time and discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, just taking the time to look it up and and being disciplined enough to make myself look it up, uh, but you know, um, and it's it's not only other people that may deceive us. There may be things that we de- deceive ourselves with, just like I did in, in that situation. Uh, we may say, "Hey, it's it's okay, so and so is doing it," um, or you know, "Hey, what I did really wasn't that bad." Sure, you know, and we we start trying to to comfort ourselves in what we've done um and which uh if it goes against the word of god where we're in essence deceiving ourselves because we are we are sinning and um you know in the day and time that we live in now uh you know there's a lot of um you can live any old way type preaching goes on mm-hmm. um there's a different type of bible for about any type of person sure I mean, it's just uh, you know they're coming out with new bibles every day that we really by tomorrow we don't have no idea you know there's there's probably going to be a bible out for dogs i don't you know uh, it could be there's, it very well could be we I have mean, a stray dog that comes by every once in a while and yeah. if that comes out i might get it for him and give it to him with his treats jesus yeah he's a stray he needs yeah jesus. i'm with you and so he uh I mean there there's so many different types of bibles out uh or so-called bibles out that uh it would be very easily for someone to be deceived. Mm-hmm. Um I worked with a lady one time that I was trying to witness to and and talk to and there was a there was another lady there uh ended up walking up on us as I was getting this this young lady to understand uh, some things about the Bible, and she said, "Oh, you don't have to listen to him." She said, uh, "He goes by the King James Version Bible, and and that's just so hard to understand. There's so many interpretations out now. Just go out, find you one that's easy to understand, and mm-hmm. and that's what you go by. And, and you know, we have to be careful in, in the those situations because right. uh, you know when when they get to changing the translations and they get to to to." Uh, you know, updating things as they call it, or or modernizing it, uh, they're they're losing a lot of scripture. They're right. losing a lot of context. They're changing a whole lot of meaning, um, and it would be it very easily easy to be deceived if we follow that that map. Right. 
Uh, rest, the next part of that verse talks about a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Uh, according to Albert Barnes, what that is telling us is that a man that faithfully performing his duty so that when he looks over what he has done, he may not blush. Oh, yeah. So when a man gets to the end of his life, what Paul is telling Timothy, Timothy, you need to study and show yourself approved of God. And at the end of your life, you can look back over your years and you won't have any regrets. Right. And that's with me in that situation, as simple as that situation may have seemed. I wouldn't have been blushing. Sure. I, w- I would have been, uh, you know, I wouldn't have even been blushing. It would have been a situation where I would have been begging um, because, and I told my Sunday school class, you know, it totally changed my, my way of thinking, my way of teaching, because when I went back and looked at that and I said, unto God, mm-hmm. you know, I had missed something so simple already. Right. I mean, and all this time I had missed that over and over and over. As many times as I had said that, as many times as I had looked at that, uh, you know, I had missed mm-hmm. three quarters of the scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, so it, it totally, when, when I thought about standing before God mm-hmm. and telling him what I thought his scripture said, yeah. when in fact I had no idea. Right. That was terrifying. That's a scary thought. Sure it is. And so at that point, I realized I do not want to be deceived. Right. I do not want to miss heaven. I do not want to stand before God and say, oh, but I thought you meant this. Mm -hmm. And him say, too late. Right. No second chances. No second chance. Yeah. You got one shot. One shot. Make it count. Make it count. That's what we're doing right now. Making it count. We're making it count. Yes, sir. Last part of that verse talks about rightly dividing the word of truth. Mm-hmm. And what that has got to do with is to cutting it straight, to divide it right, according to Albert Barnes. Um, to me, and I, you know, I'm not Albert Barnes, but when I look at that, rightly dividing the word word of truth, to me that would read like when you're reading the word of God and you're studying, so that you're not going to be ashamed. When you're involved with all that zeal and all that interest, make sure you divide the word of truth right. Make sure you understand it right. Yes, sir. In the in the appropriate context. Absolutely. It reminds me of uh, a little something here I found in some notes um, that I'd made one time, and it takes me back to the Garden of Eden, Brother Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, Genesis chapter number three. Uh, just one, just a few, one to 13 is my reference, but I'm not going to go through all that. I ain't got time. We're about time. We're, no, I'm just kidding. We're halfway through this or so. Everybody hang in there. We got a few more minutes. Um, if you're not listening, you know, just put it down and turn your volume down and just let it, play. it looks good on the stats. So let it play through. Um, Genesis chapter three, verse number one, when Eve is tempted, the Bible describes the serpent as being subtle and and the serpent's subtility, if I said that right, the Bible says that, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not of every eat of every, every tree of the garden. But what's interesting about that is when the devil had come to Eve mm-hmm. and said, Eve, didn't God say this? You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, I don't mean to cross somebody's theology, but since I'm here, I'm cross, I'm cross some theology. <laughs> so a lot of times... 
preachers will get up and teachers will get up and testifiers will get up and they'll quote that as if that is what God said. Mm-hmm. But that's actually a misquote from what God said. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 2, 16 and 17, God commanded to refrain from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so according to that, you know, uh, I just want to point out that what Satan had said sounded good. Mm-hmm. What you found out found in this verse sounded good. Study the show yourself approved. That sounds great. Right. Yeah. But it's not the full context. Yeah. And here is not the full context. And because what God had said was for them to restrain or refrain themselves from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so Satan will use opportunities to misquote God's word yeah. to confuse us. Right. And, and not not only that, but when, when when we're looking at this the whole scope of these things, like with my scripture, I, we was looking at it as you know, studying to show the self approved unto man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, in, in Eve's situation, you know, uh, the devil basically was telling her that you know she would be like a god. Mm-hmm. So again, she was really looking at unto man, uh, what sounded good to man, right. Um, and and that's kind of where we get deceived at is when we start looking at things uh, as being pleasing to man, right? Uh, and we need to to be more concerned with what's pleasing to God, right? Absolutely. Something else, um, just pointing out, kind of on the lines you're talking about, um, Satan had misquoted what God's word was to confer, to confuse Eve, right? And then something else to note in. Chapter 3, verse 3, she said that God said, you shall not eat of it, you shall not touch it, lest you die. In this response, Eve, for whatever reason, uh, seemed to have added to what God commanded in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Because what God had commanded uh, was that the day that the tree is eaten of, man would die. But he had never said, he didn't say anything, according to my research, about touching the fruit. Right. And so um, there should be a caution taken, not only about misquoting God's word. Right. But there's also should be a caution that is taken about adding to God's word. Absolutely. Um, and it's something that kind of goes to uh, the deception thing. Um, you was talking there about the different um, um, types of Bibles and the different mm-hmm. uh, you know versions of the Bible. Probably one of the greatest concerns I have, Brother Chad, about these different versions of the Bible um, and then the various trains of thoughts about the scripture um, is that we must guard ourselves against misquoting the Bible, adding to the Bible, we'll and taking away from the Bible. Absolutely. Um, we must know the Word of God and appropriately interpret it, regardless of our raising, Democrat, Republican, West Virginia, Virginia, Kentucky, wherever, uh, regardless of. Our culture, mm-hmm. our denomination, and our life experiences. We can have be so different in all those realms, but the word of God is still the word of God. And in Deuteronomy chapter four, two, the Bible says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. There's a commandment given mm-hmm. with dealing with the word of God about not adding to, not taking away from. And in doing so, we can uh, better avoid the pitfalls of deception. Absolutely. And 
you know, in the day and time that we live in now, um, we have a lot of people, uh, like I was saying earlier there, that will tell you you can live any old way. Mm-hmm. Um, there's people that will uh, they keep introducing um, new doctrines, new ways of worship, new, I mean, constantly just coming up with new, 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 new. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, in Matthew 7, uh, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but in- inwardly they are ravening wolves. Uh, well, how are we going to know if they're a false prophet or not if okay. we don't know God's actual word? Um, mm-hmm. So we're, we're not going to know if they're telling the truth if we don't actually pay attention to his word, if we're not studying his word. Okay. So we're not going to know if they're false prophets or not. If they're coming around and they're casting out devils and they're, uh, you know, raising the dead and all these things, like it says here, you know, if you read down through verse 24, um, you know, it, it it's going to, you know, there's all kinds of information here that will uh, tell you, you know, you, you know, a tree by the fruit it bears and, and, and all these different things that, uh, you know, to not be deceived by. And um, how are we going to know? Are we going to follow them just because, well, they're doing something that nobody else can do or that we've not seen somebody do before or they're doing something new? Uh, or are we following them because of, well, that um, is a, appealing to our conscience because uh, we're not having to give up anything in order to feel comfortable doing what they're saying to do? Or are we going to measure all of that with what the Word of God says? And if it don't line up, are we going to make our decisions based off that? Um, you know, there's there's a big scale there that we've got to to measure that by, mm-hmm. and um, it, it's very important. And it's easy; it would be easy if we didn't study this to fall into that. You know, um, if you know if you've never read. Uh, Tom Sawyer, the book of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn, you know, and it talks about Tom Sawyer whitewashing the fence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell what color he painted the fence or what mm-hmm. how he got everybody else to paint because you'd never read the book. Right. So if you was asked to do a book report on that, you couldn't do it. I mean, you wouldn't be able to really give the details. Sure. We're not going to be able to, to know these details. We're not going to be able to... to tell whether someone's telling the truth when they're talking about it if i walked if you'd never read it and i walked up to you and i said you know uh huck finn painted the fence and tom sawyer sit back and you know you're not going to know any different because sure the story sounded similar but it's not how the story actually went well if we're not studying the word of god Mm-hmm. Someone might just like you was talking about the misquote the that the devil had changed the wording around mm-hmm. uh, when talking to Eve. If, if someone's changed the wording, which changes the whole meaning, sure. Uh, then if we're not actually studying the Word of God, how are we going to know? Right. And so, it's right. So important that we find ourselves diving into that Word and and studying that Word in order to in order to remedy that. You know, you were talking about, um, we've been talking here for a few minutes about deception and, and, you know, the importance of knowing the Word of God for what it says. And a lot of times, sometimes I have been guilty of thinking along those lines and considering the sinner. 
Mm-hmm. The sinner that don't know the Word of God, right? that God in His mercy and grace at some point has visited with them and dealt with their hearts about being saved that don't really know a whole lot about it. You know, they just feel this tug in their heart. And, you know, I've been guilty of thinking about this and thinking, well, you know, the sinners has got to get it right. But when you're talking here, you're talking about these other verses, if you read down to to verse 24, a statement, I I tried to teach this in Sunday school class, and it it, it tore me up um, when I was looking into this. And I ain't got time. We've only got five, ten minutes to go through this. So I ain't got got a 30-minute discourse with all my crazy stories, you know, to tell you. But verse 21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's a heavy scripture. That's that's a lot. It is. Because when I read that, I can almost see a churchgoer. Yeah. Looking at Christ and saying, Lord, Lord, recognizing that he is Lord. Mm-hmm. Lord, Lord. Shall we uh, shall we enter the kingdom of heaven? But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Well, that makes sense. Uh, God's will is for everybody to be saved, and so if we're saved, that's our ticket into the pearly gates. Right. But verse twenty-two is the part that gets me, that has got me. And the, what the Bible says is that many will say to me in that day. Now I want to keep in mind that this is red letters. Right. This is Christ talking. Christ says. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not preached in your name? Mm-hmm. Have we not carried the gospel in your name? It even says cast out devils. Right. Cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. Have we not went to the mission field? Right. Have we not built orphanages? Sure. Have we not fed the hungry? Right. Have we not cleaned the church? Yep. Have we not vacuumed Brother Mark, Sister Jennifer's pew after Coco gets done with his um, candy and his, his cookies? You know, <laughs> poor Isaac. I need to leave him a tip. <laughs> but anyway, um, I remember when, when the kids first came, I, I, you know, I missed Isaac. I was like, man, if you ever feel like I need to leave you a tip, just let me know, you know. But anyway, that's another story for another time. But all these great things that religious people have done. Yeah. What gets me about this, Brother Chad, is that if I'm in church and a preacher gets up and prophesies and says that tomorrow, you know, this is going to happen, and tomorrow that happens, I'm ready to vote that guy in as a new church board member. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. If 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 I'm in a camp meeting somewhere and I and I watch somebody cast out a demon, oh yeah, I'm ready to send him all my mission offering. Sure, <laughs> you, you no, see what I'm saying? You wait see what I mean? Well, maybe not yeah, all. Yeah, but, yeah. That, so that's yeah. where it's all going. Okay, <laughs> for you listeners, brother Chad, he oversees the mission to work here at church, and so. Um, now and then, it makes sense. And then in, in his name, <laughs> done many many wonderful works. You know. Orphanage building, feeding the hungry, helping the old lady across the street, whatever the case is, all right. these great things that we do, man, I'm ready to vote them in the next position in the church. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then what Christ says, yeah. that I will profess to them, I never knew you. Right. 
depart from ye. And then he says that they are workers of iniquity. Yeah. Was there anything wrong with prophesying? No. Casting out devils, doing no. men of wonderful works. There's nothing wrong with all that. But at some point, these religious folks had got so focused on the task at hand that they lost focus on him, on the end goal, yeah, and preventing deception. Right. I worked with a guy one time, and I, I'm try to be careful in how I tell this story because I don't want, uh, just in case, I don't I don't want to offend anybody, but I do want to tell the truth. Um, but the uh, he he was of a, a, a different denomination, we'll say. And um, we went out to eat lunch one day, and this guy, he was a, uh, uh, he used foul language a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he was high tempered a lot, and uh, we we went out to lunch, and um, he uh, he told me he said uh, I'm a Christian just like you, mm-hmm. and I was like really, mm-hmm. and he's like yeah, and uh, I said I I I don't understand. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, where in the Bible have you read where you know you're allowed to to talk in that way? Mm-hmm. Where in the Bible did you see where it says it's okay for you to drink alcohol the way that you do? Sure, uh, and and to do these things. And um, he said, well, that that's where, where you're not getting it. I'm of this denomination, mm-hmm. and I don't have to read the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, red lights went off. You know, <laughs> red right. flags went up. You know, sure. Uh, he was being deceived. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. He, he was being deceived, and and in his mind, mm-hmm. he was saved and going to heaven. Okay. In his mind, right? Um, in his mind, he was Christian. Uh huh. But did his life line up with the Word of God? Now, he had been convinced by his church leadership that he didn't have to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And that as long as he was, you know, doing what they said and giving his money in and and things of that nature, that he was as saved as anybody else. Okay. But that's not what the Word of God says. Mm -hmm. And so he was being deceived. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And that's why... You know, it, I felt the really the urgency in in, the, in doing this episode is um, there's a lot of people out there to deceive. Sure, uh, there's there's people out there that the the devil's simply using to deceive people, whether they mm. even realize they're deceiving or not. Right, um, and so uh, it's you know very important that we find us a quiet place, we, well, and we get along with the Word of God. And we start reading. Um, if if your church leadership is telling you you don't have to read the Bible, they're wrong. Sure. If they're telling you you don't have to pray, we we was singing one time uh, in Ohio, and the the church didn't even have an altar, mm-hmm. and they was a uh, we told them as we sing and we said if anybody wishes to come up and pray. Uh, we'll set out a folding chair and we'll pray with you. We'll put down these guitars and we'll we'll pray with you. And, you know, uh, as the, the lady came up to pray, she was a backslider on God. Mm-hmm. And as she came up to pray and give her heart back to God, the pastor met her 
and said, well, you can do this at home. Hmm. You can pray at home. We're not here. We're not here to do that tonight. Wow. You know, that wow. pastor was deceived. Sure. Because that's exactly what the church is there to do. Right. And uh, if you're not allowed to do that, shut mm-hmm. the doors. Sure. Uh, because you're just turned your church into a social hall. Right. And there's enough of those. Sure. Um, so we, uh, you know, that, and and they, the, the young man who was the son of this lady, uh, chased us out to the vehicle and he thanked us for, for doing the altar call because that was the first time he had been able to get his mother back to a church mm-hmm. uh, since she had originally backslid. Wow. And um, he was hoping that she would go home and, and, and still have that feeling to pray mm-hmm. and want to get back to God. Right. And, man, it was so heartbreaking because, mm-hmm. you know, how many people was deceived there? Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people was going to be negatively impacted in that situation, um, and so it, it's so important that we don't lose sight of of what we're aiming for, right? Uh, and that we we stick to God's word, and we we measure it up, measure everything we do with His word. Absolutely, Brother Chad. I was uh, in closing. We've been talking about deception, and, and the uh, Webster defines deception or just being deceived, deceived as being misled. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live life and come to the judgment seat and realize that I had been misled, no, whether sir. by someone else or by myself. Do you have any tips that I can have, um, any recommendations for me or maybe to some of our listeners of how we can avoid this deception, generally uh, speaking? Generally speaking, one of the things, I, I, and, and you and I keep referencing our Sunday school class because that's mm-hmm. that's generally where we get to, to I probably talk the most. Right. Um, yeah, but uh, generally speaking, what I tell my class is, one, get you a prayer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to God. Get along talk to God. If it's when you first wake up in the morning, if it's before you go to bed at night, if it's sometime throughout the day, um you know, pray all throughout the day if you can, if you get time alone to do that. Um, have you a Bible reading time, a Bible study? And uh, one thing I need to do better myself about is my Bible reading. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day, and, I, and, and you know, we just got back this weekend from a, another youth camp, and um, I, I told a gentleman up there, I said, you know, I, I try to teach my kids that they need to set along a uh, Bible reading uh, and get their own um, Bible study going, you know, to where they read the Bible every day. And what I fall victim to a lot is, uh, or not fall victim to, but fall, I guess, in the trap to doing is uh, I use the Bible on my phone a lot. Mm-hmm. And so when my children look at me, it just looks like daddy's playing on the phone. Sure. It may not look sure. like daddy's reading the Bible. Right. You know, so uh, are my children thinking, well, daddy just never reads the Bible. Right. And if Daddy don't read the Bible, then I probably don't have to read the Bible. Right. Um, and so that's something I need to break away from. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I, I, I'm trying to read the Bible on my phone and I'm trying to study different things. Right. Um, you know, the appearance even to my kids. So mm-hmm. uh, whether it is on your phone or whether it's, you know, you need to to have a, a reading, uh, a, a Bible reading time and a prayer life. And if you can devote 
uh, time to doing that and you study that word, then that's gonna that's gonna help you go a long way with without being deceived. Um, the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. the Holy Ghost is gonna is gonna help you to determine that. Right. Um, and so th- there's things to do, uh, folks. There's things to do. Uh, it may take some work. It may mm-hmm. take some discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, if it's really important to you, and making it to heaven should. Sure. Pleasing God should be important to us. Right. Uh, that should be our number one goal. And if it's important to us, then we're going to put forth the effort to try to, you know, if it's important to us to make it to, um, like I said earlier, that that destination for vacation, then we're going to take time to study the map to make sure, you know. Right. Uh, if I'm trying to go to Florida, I'm not going to try to go intentionally towards New York. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so um, – you know we're going we're going to try to to make those preparations, and so it might take a little bit of time, it might take a little bit of effort, but um, it, it's going to be worth the effort. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for joining us today on this first um, segment of Where's That in the Bible. And today the topic is what is sin? And if you're interested in finding some scripture that will tell you what is considered sin and how to find forgiveness of sin, some great scriptures that you can reference are James chapter 4 verse 17, 1 John chapter 1 verse 9, and John chapter 8 verse 34. Research those, uh, take them to the Lord in prayer, and let him help you with that. And I hope that that's been a blessing to you. God bless. Brother Chad, we've uh, enjoyed this conversation this evening, uh, looking at different things and about, about deception and taking finding some tips of how I can uh, go about not being deceived. Um, my favorite kind of podcast are the podcast that says we're going to sign off, and they actually sign off. So uh, with that being said— we, we don't want to be a liar. We don't want to be a liar. Yeah. We don't want to deceive ourselves or the audience, <laughs> audience because next week is coming. And so uh, uh, tune back in with us again next week. Tell your friends and neighbors uh, if we've been of any kind of help to you or you know, if you see a neighbor down the road that is just looks bored what time they're cutting the grass, have them just tune in with us. Um, We'll talk to you next time here on Defining the Dash, where we are making it count. When I win this war, 